Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the house of our great Lord, Triune God. Greetings coming up, and especially in the Word of God, God wants to show you what to expect from the person who stands here. And just to be careful, it's not necessarily that it's about this person that God is concerned about, though he is. It's really about the great care he gives you. And so we need to learn these things today. Order of service is found in your worship folder or on screen. Let's begin at this time with our opening hymn, hymn 895. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, 
God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to the Lord. Holy God, gracious Father, I am sinful by nature and have sinned against you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved others as I should. I deserve your punishment both now and forever. But Jesus, my Savior, paid for my sins with his innocent suffering and death. Trusting in him, I pray, God have mercy on me, a sinner. Our gracious Father in heaven has been merciful to us. He sent his only Son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life as the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority alone, I forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world and for the well-being of the Church of God and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Almighty God, you have built your church on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. Continue to send your messengers to preserve your people in true peace, that by the teaching of your word, your church may be kept free from all harm and danger. 
through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. First lesson is from Ezekiel chapter 2 and 3. You know, I don't, I don't know how you are, but when I offer somebody something to drink and they say yes and I bring them a soda or a, or, or a water bottle and they open it and then they take two sips and it sits there, that's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine. No, if you're going to have something, finish the thing or get close to it. Don't just waste it. Well, how would you like it if your pastors or teachers or staff minister just kind of dabbled in the Word of God, just took a little bit and they really didn't fully take it in? Oh, I don't think we'd like that either. Ezekiel is told by God to take it fully in and then proclaim the word fully as well. Then I looked and I saw a hand stretched out to me. In it was a scroll which he enrolled before me. On both sides of it were written words of lament and mourning and woe. And he said to me, Son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this scroll. Then go and speak to the people of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he gave me the scroll to eat. Then he said to me, Son of man, eat the scroll I am giving you and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. He then said to me, Son of man, go now to the people of Israel and speak my words to them. You are not being sent to a people of obscure speech and strong, strange language, but to the people of Israel. Not to many peoples of obscure speech and strange language whose words you cannot understand, Surely if I had sent you to them, they would have listened to you. But the people of Israel are not willing to listen to you because they're not willing to listen to me. For all the Israelites are hardened and obstinate. But I will make you as unyielding and hardened as they are. I will make your forehead like the hardest stone, harder than flint. Do not be afraid of them or terrified by them, though they are a rebellious people. And he said to me, Son of man, listen carefully and take to heart all the words I speak to you. Go now to your people in exile and speak to them. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, whether they listen or fail to listen. The word of the Lord. Continue with the psalm.
second lesson is from 1 Peter 5 that serves as a basis for the sermon. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. The word of the Lord. Please stand. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. Jesus sends out disciples who are fully invested as well from Luke 10. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet is a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Whoever listens to you, listens to me. Whoever rejects you, rejects me. But whoever rejects me, rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated for the hymn.
grace and mercy and peace are yours from Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, your fellow believers in him. Driving to Florida, can't help but notice all of the places looking for workers. Help wanted, apply within, help needed. And actually, you don't just pass by all of those types of things. You pass by signs that don't just indicate help, but it indicates incentives, hiring bonus, <laughs> just come. After 30 days, you get another bump in pay. Maybe they'll even make it a, a, a stretch further. Added vacation time, extra weeks. Or they are so desperate for workers, it's, it doesn't matter. First shift, second shift, third shift, whatever you choose, it is yours. We even talked to a few employers who have lessened the standards for hiring from what they once were. And maybe they don't even do a background check. Maybe they don't even do other things. Maybe they lighten the duties of the job in some way, shape, or form. It's just whatever person shows up, we will hire you on the spot. Maybe you haven't noticed it because the Lord has blessed St. Paul's as a congregation to have a full staff when it at least comes to full-time workers. But actually, in every single Christian church body, the hiring signs are in the front lawn of the church. doesn't matter what Christian denomination it is. Particularly in the wells, and I think Pastor Bodhi used these stats a couple of weeks ago, but just to refresh you, 140 full-time teachers short, and I'm sure we could use way more than that. I think we're between 120 to 130 full-time pastors short, and I think the same thing. We could probably use still way more than that. So maybe we should take a cue from the world. Maybe we should adjust the standards for the people who stand here or who are in the classroom. Maybe we should lighten the requirements for what it takes to do this kind of work. Maybe we could just put that sign out front that says, now hiring, and maybe we could even put added incentives, hiring bonus. After 30 days, if you make it that long, we'll give you a bump in pay and added vacation time. Wherever you want to go, we'll throw a cruise or two in on that. In fact, we'll let you choose whatever hours you want to work. Do you want to work 9 to 5? You don't have to answer your cell phone before 9 o'clock in the morning. And you don't have to answer it at all. No evening meetings after 5 o'clock. And you don't have to work weekends. Boy, I wonder how that would work. Maybe we're going to lighten the requirements. We're not going to do a background check. We're going to lighten the duties in some way, shape, or form. Whoever just shows up, whatever warm body, we want you today. Apply within. I think every one of you knows how that's going to work out. I think Jesus talked about that kind of philosophy too when you change the foundation and the motives for this work. You're building on sand, and that house is going to fall with a great crash. Listen to what Peter says. 
To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them. Now, we're going to repeat this, and I'm going to break it apart a little bit, both for repetition's sake, but also for a little bit of explanation. Listen to this again. To the elders, an elder is an old person, but in the church, it's a spiritually mature person who's a veteran of life. They've seen a lot, and they know how to treat people with the word of God. So they're the spiritual leaders of the congregation, likely even maybe more specifically talking about the pastors. So to the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder. Peter's saying, I'm there. I'm there right now. I'm serving as this kind of person in whatever capacity, maybe over in Rome, but he understands theology and he understands practice and how to treat people. And he's saying, look, I'm appealing to you on the basis of the exact same job. I'm there. And then he says, I appeal as a witness of Christ's sufferings. He's saying, I've been there. I saw what happened to Jesus. I listened to him in his ministry and absorbed these teachings. I get this is all about Jesus Christ. That's the whole point of this. And my witness about Jesus over these years hasn't changed. I'm still saying the exact same thing from what I saw. And then he says, I appeal as one who will also share in the glory to be revealed. So he's saying, I am there as an elder. I was there as somebody who saw these things. And at the end here, he says, and I will be there. <laughs> I haven't lost my focus. My heart is still fully invested in this. I'm preaching and teaching not for any selfish reason. I'm going to be there in heaven. I want to see that glory. I'm not just looking at this from a distance and I'm going to miss out on it. I am going to share in that glory that Christ has promised to people who inherit eternal life. With all of that, I am there, I was there, and I will be there, he now says this. Be shepherds of God's flock. Do you get where he's going? As he looks at the spiritual leaders of the congregation, maybe in particular the pastors, he's saying, you be there. You be there for God's people. You watch over them and care for them. I don't know how much you understand about being a shepherd. It's not a nine-to-five job. <laughs> it's a lifestyle. It's a position that means you're fully invested in the sheep that are before you. What good is that shepherd going to be if he's drunk all the time? What kind of shepherd is it going to be, he going to be, if he's checked out if he's always looking for his phone to check his social media and looking at whatever's going on online and more interested in that instead of studying the scriptures in the office what good is that person going to be if all they're interested in is doing this for a paycheck and yeah, they're not my sheep after all are they what, what good is that shepherd going to be if really all he's really interested in is getting back to his family and doing stuff with family because that's the priority 
Because the wolves are going to come in and they're going to have their way with the sheep. And even if the wolves don't find out where the sheep are, the, the sheep have this tendency to wander and, and they get in trouble and life happens and, and things go on. For goodness sake, shepherds, take care of the sheep. Shepherd the sheep. This is God's flock. They belong to Jesus. They're not yours. They don't belong to you. Yes, they're under your care. So care for them as if Jesus himself were there. Because that's who they still belong to. That means watch over them in such a wonderful, careful way that, that you do care for them, that you're looking to preserve them and protect them and prosper them with the word of God. It's an incredible thing to have a shepherd like that. Because when you do, it means you have a shepherd who has your back. You have a shepherd who faithfully with the word of God keeps your heart and soul grounded on that foundation of Jesus Christ. You know, not many people are used to that. Not many people are used to having that kind of shepherd. And so sometimes in, in ministry, when I'm out and about and talking to people, I get the response back, well, why do I need a church? Why do I need to be a member of a church? Can't I be a Christian and go off on my own? Don't you see, this is Peter writing the word of God, and he's saying, God wants the sheep to have a shepherd. God wants the sheep to have this kind of shepherd. Somebody who cares. Somebody who watches over the sheep. Who, who's, very, who, who's very guarded with what happens and is very concerned about this. Do you know what that looks like in a pastor? Somebody who wants to do home visits. And I'm going to make a point of this because sometimes we get a little rusty on this and I make phone calls and people say, well, what did I do wrong? Well, nothing yet that I know of. That's not why I'm calling. I want to know you. I want to get to know your family. I want to encourage you in Christ. I want to shape my personal prayers. And so we'll phone call you to set up a home visit every now and then. Sometimes we'll just text and say, how are you doing? Uh, sometimes we'll just have a phone call. Maybe it'll be an email, but to me, sometimes emails are just a little bit more aloof and you can't understand always the tone behind an email. These things are critically important. Not everybody has had that kind of experience, though, of having a shepherd that cares properly in the way Christ leads us to do so. And frankly, the stories that I've heard even from some of you is sometimes in the past, God's people have been burned. God's people have had awful experiences, maybe in other churches, maybe even sadly from some of us where we've sinned against you or something like that. Maybe you've seen in other places the worst of what a pastor can be, somebody who's checked out, whose heart really isn't in it, and you can just tell they're going through the motions. Maybe you've seen a pastor who's just doing it for the paycheck, and, and all they're, they're looking at is what they get at the end of the week. Maybe you've seen a pastor who hasn't kept himself in check, 
and he's become a little tyrant, and he's become a dictator, high on the position and supposed power he thinks it is there, and everybody in the congregation just walks on pins and needles around that person. That is not the job description. That is not a reflection of Christ Jesus. That has not been what this job has been about ever since Peter said 2,000 years ago, basically, look, I'm, I'm saying this to you as a fellow elder. I'm doing this job. That's not how I'm doing it. Pastors need to keep themselves in check, don't they? Well, how do they do that? How do pastors stay in check, spiritually speaking? Well, they're, they're not just the only leaders in the church. There are other spiritual leaders there's the Board of Elders, there's the Board of Education, and they monitor and keep in touch with the cold workers. We, ha as pastors, have circuit meetings every month where we get in touch with the other pastors of our area, and we help each other, and sometimes we even talk during the month. We stand with you and join with you in confessing our own sins to the Lord. We stand with you at the Lord's Supper where we confess our sins, and we receive the forgiveness of Jesus Christ and his strength right along with you, apologizing to you there, forgiving you as well, joining together as one, being re, re, uh, refreshed as one. The word of God that we proclaim to you, we work with integrity of heart and mind to hold to the very same word of God. That's not all though. You're also a check. Do you understand what Peter says here? He says again to the elders, to the pastors, to the spiritual leaders of the congregation. And he sets down this, this framework for the job. But he wrote it to you. He wrote these things to the entire church of God. Which means he doesn't keep these things hidden. This is not secret stuff that is only for this inner group to understand. He wants you to understand it. He wants you as well to be a check spiritually to maintain the high standards for this position so that the high love of Jesus Christ stays at that great level and is proclaimed faithfully to the sheep. After all, Jesus didn't do this work half-heartedly, did he? Jesus certainly didn't go to a cross for a paycheck. And Jesus didn't go to a cross to somehow lord it over the sheep. You just don't see that anywhere in his ministry. Instead, what you see him do all of this work for is so that you would know the one place on earth that is an absolute, that in Jesus Christ your sins are forgiven. This is the one place out of all of the smoke and mirrors that are going on in the world, this is the one place you may come for truth and know exactly where you stand with God because Jesus stood there and took away our sin and forgives it completely and rose from the dead so that you know at the end of this road of Christianity, that glory is going to be yours. Actually, that's what I'm holding on to as well. Again, this isn't just a job for me. I'm hanging on to the exact same word of God because I too 
can't wait to share with you in that glory. And at the end of this text, Peter says that very thing. (laughs) And when the chief shepherd appears, the one that I'm accountable to, the one that I will hand you over to if this happens in my lifetime, but he says, when the chief shepherd appears, I got to wait with you. And the way we wait is by holding out in faith, trusting the word, trusting the witness of Peter, trusting that Jesus Christ is who he says he is and did what he did for us. When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. I don't know if you've noticed, but in the past 50 to 70 years, when somebody introduces himself to you at a party or out on the street and say that they're a pastor, the word pastor doesn't mean what it once did, does it? It doesn't hold the same value. I, we had a presentation a couple of weeks ago, and I don't know where they got the information from, but they said, do you know where pastor ranks on the scale of trusted people? If I remember right, I think it was right around politician. Oh. That's not real good. It's not good when somebody can go online and for 20 or 30 bucks get their pastor's degree. What does the word pastor mean anymore today? Where are the standards? They've really gone down. Not for Peter. God hasn't changed the job description. God hasn't changed the standards. Shepherd God's flock. Watch yourselves. And wait in faith. God has given you pastors and teachers and staff ministers and even spiritual lay leaders who are like that. And the last thing I'm going to do is turn this sermon into a praise them and thank them. No. But today is an application. I do want you to praise and thank God for them. Because he's provided these people for you. And I'd like to ask you to consider your children or your grandchildren for this ministry because it's a wonderful work. And if it's not fitting for your family, I understand. Just please continue to ask God to send more because we need him. Amen. Please stand. May the peace of God which surpasses our understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We join together in the, in the creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated for prayer. Eternal Lord, give us peace as we ponder the good news that you forgive our sins in Christ Jesus. Lead us to see clearly the path that you have laid out for us. 
Work in us so that we believe and live the word we have heard today. Provide courage and compassion to all who preach and teach your word. Fill them with a love like yours as they proclaim your grace to us and all people. Guard and guide the families of our congregation. Lead husbands and wives to love each other with commitment, respect, and patience. Help parents to grasp the eternal value of keeping their children close to Jesus all their lives. Grant joy to those who are single and make them a blessing to others. Provide wisdom and insight to those who make laws and set policies. Give us respect for those who protect us from crime. Lead us to value the rights of our fellow citizens and to defend those who cannot defend themselves. Give us passion to share the story of your love with our family and friends. Overcome unbelief and open the hearts of people everywhere to believe the good news that Jesus has forgiven their sins and opened the gates of heaven. Extend your healing power to those who are sick and suffering in body or mind. Give patience and compassion to all who care for the sick and dying. Lord, we mourn with Dave Reinemann's family. His father-in-law, Mr. Miyazaki, recently passed away. But an incredible miracle that we praise you for, Lord, is that he was baptized two years ago and became your child. We thank you for Karen Kuhn and her recent celebration of 75 wonderful years of life under you on earth, as well as for Betty Klingheisen for 90 years. Keep these women both faithful to you and provide them with many more years. Lord, bless the United States of America. You stood behind the shaping of our country, have seen us through wars and peace, 46 presidents, and brought us to this day. Do not forsake us, rather forgive us. Restore our foundation in you so that we grasp by faith real freedom that is in Christ. Send us government workers who lead with integrity for the well-being of citizens. Hear us, Lord, as we now pray in silence. Gracious God, you govern and direct all things, and you love all people. Hear our prayers spoken and silent, and answer them in your wisdom and grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
stand. Blessed Lord, you have given us your holy scriptures for our learning. May we so hear them, read, learn, and take them to heart that being strengthened and comforted by your holy word, we may cling to the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Please be seated. Good morning, everyone, and a special welcome to our guests and visitors. We love having you come worship the Lord with us. Please do come again. As far as announcements, really the main one that I have is there is no Bible study today, not, not our usual pattern, but holiday weekend uh, gave Mr. C off this weekend, so uh, that will resume next Sunday. Um, I don't have any other announcements for the week ahead. Any other announcements from you for this holiday weekend? Not seeing any. So please greet one another in God's blessings. Be safe and enjoy a great holiday. Take care.